When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi, it's Anne-Marie again with you today. Today is show 132. Let me ask you a question. Do you long to be more influential in your life and in your business? Well, my guest today is Dr. Karen Keller, and she is the creator of the Keller Influence Indicator, and she's also an expert in influence mastery. Now, like Dale Carnegie before her, Dr. Keller helps people who want to increase their influence, their reach, and exceed their business and life goals. And on today's show, Dr. Keller is going to share why knowing how to and where you are on being influential, also how to understand the relationship between influence and all success, and how we can have more of what we want without more stress and without frustration and so much more. So welcome to the show, Dr. Keller. Well, hi, Anne-Marie. Thank you very much for having me on your show. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Look, tell us about the K2. What is it? Because I know that some people may only be hearing that for the very first time. Well, the K2 is short for the Keller Influence Indicator. And what that is, it's an assessment that people can take to find out exactly their potential for influence. You get a K-factor score, which is your total influence score, or how influential you are right now, and your potential for that. But you also get seven additional scores, which are the subscales in the assessment. And those seven scores measure what we have found through our years of research, both in the literature and experience, things like that. The seven traits that we have found that make up an influential person are confidence, Mm -hmm. commitment, courage, passion, empowering, trustworthiness, and likability. So the person gets a score for each one of those scales. Yes, yes. And of course, mm-hmm. I took the, uh, the assessment too, and it was, it was an incredible assessment, very insightful. So how are people using the K2? Well, when you take the K2, you get a, about an approximate 50-page report, which is pretty extensive. The only, I always laugh about this, the only eye candy in this report are the graphs showing <laughs> you the norming population that we normed this on and our samples from the beta test group that we did. And otherwise, it's all information, material intended to help the person know 
what their potential is and how it's been affected by these seven traits. So for example, you may end up with a score of 73 in your confidence trait. And the scores are from 0 to 100. And if you have a 73, it's not that you have a, a grade of C. I need to stress that tremendously mm-hmm. because it's like a score like you would get on a SAT test or the LSAT or a, a bar exam, whatever it is. It's just a score. It's just a number. But anyway, it tells you your competitive advantage in that trait. It tells you about your strengths. It also goes into some detail about your blind spots that you may have around that trait. It talks to you about improvements that you need to make and then it shares with you the benefits of those improvements. So it's quite extensive and it gives you a tremendous amount of insight into you and it's an objective measure, you know, it's a benchmark measurement based on your responses. And so it is objective that way, which is really very nice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, that's the nice part that I like about And we've been getting, there's thousands of people that have already taken this, and we've been getting a tremendous amount of feedback. And we had one gentleman say, I swear when I read my report that you talked to my mother. He couldn't believe <laughs> how descriptive and how much information and how accurate it was yeah. for him. Now, you listed uh, the seven traits. When you listed them, I'm sure people were thinking, oh, yes, did a mental check. Yes, confidence, commitment, courage, empowerment, and and so on. Are each of those seven traits, uh, one is one better than the other? Talk about kind of when you compare them together, do they have similar Mm -hmm. rankings? How, How does that work? Well, and that's a really good question. They're all very important and they're all very critical because, as you can imagine, you look at these seven traits and they're all very much impacted by each of the other six. Mm. So, for instance, let's say I am talking about my confidence trait. That's extremely impacted by courage, like how your ability to take a risk. Confidence is also impacted by your trustworthiness. If you're a fairly trustworthy person, you're confident in who you are and you're confident in having conversations with people, for instance, or as an example. So they all are very much, they all are very interactive. And my recommendation to people is that they, you know, people will start focusing on one or the other if it's a high score or if it's a low score, or maybe somebody will focus on a trait that they're very interested in. Mm. That's how you start out. Mm -hmm. But I always recommend and for people to continue learning and growing in all the traits because one way to raise your confidence is by raising your courage or your likability score and so on, you know. Mm. Which is really interesting. So in other words, if someone gets a a lower score in in, in one of the traits, as you start to build the other traits around it, which may be higher, they can impact the ranking of the the other score that you might have um, scored scored lower on so incredible exactly Mm, yeah mm. it it follows the the idea of focusing on your strengths when you focus on your strengths things that are a little weaker for you or maybe you find as a challenge become less challenging yes so yes that's a good way of of stating it you know Mm. that approach is works very well actually yeah, and I know when um, I'm online and I'm reading a lot of articles and, and speaking and, and networking with a lot of people, the word influential and influencing, that is getting thrown around quite a bit of late. So what would you say is the difference between influencing and being influential? 
Well, that's a good other good question. I think that, you know, I want to share with you just very quickly the story behind the development and the creation of this instrument. Mm-hmm. I really realized in my many years of coaching people, executives, um, small business, and corporations, I really was working with people on how they influence or impact you know, I don't know that I always called it influence, but I was always looking and we were coaching on how people impacted their environment, other people, their loved ones, their, you know, their kids, mm-hmm. I mean, anybody in the community or themselves. And I started to see that there was a lot to be done here and work here. And so I went looking around and gathering information on influence. And what I found was a lot of material, some of it good and some of it not so good. And so I focused on the really good stuff because the intention behind the material that they were doing and the work they were doing was very good, very genuine. But what I found was that it was a very external approach to influence. It's saying or doing something to a group of people or in front of an audience or even just one-on-one conversation to get them to respond in a certain way, either to think differently Mm -hmm. or to do something. And most of it has to do with behavior. Well, I wanted to know what needs to happen before I can really accomplish that because it is very good to be able to influence people that are following you, especially when you really believe in, in what you're doing and the message you're carrying. So I started to look back and I started looking at what needs to happen before and what I came to was that you have to be influential. That's basically the foundation to influencing. And so looking at being influential That took me inward, a very internal Mm. event as opposed to influencing, which is an external event. So I was looking at the internal piece or a a state of being versus not one is better than the other, but I do think that one does come before the other and can make it better. So being influential is a state of being, which is represented by these seven traits, And influencing is a state of doing. It's what you do then beyond that and and how you, you know, express that, you know, Mm. in your behaviors. I love the way that you have um, described that because if I imagine someone standing in front of me and it can be a he or or a she, but whoever that person is, I can see that they have this inner confidence. I can see that what they're speaking about, there's a a level of commitment and, and passion about that. If I generally like that person, you know, if all of those seven things are there, I'm more likely then to really resonate with that person. I mean, all of these qualities I admire in someone else and I would hope that you know I am able to yeah myself you know when you're talking about your inner being can also have uh, levels of those to be able to exude and, and be influential for others as well but these qualities we we often admire in other people too don't we and it's the reason why we do find them influential or, or why we do follow them and want to hang out in their community yes Oh, yeah, you're making a very good point, and you're, you're exactly right. You know, having a very well-developed confidence, for instance, or let's just say likability. Being very developed in your likability trait means that you can easily, much easier, make a connection to another human being. Mm. It's kind of that simple, and that's exactly what you're describing, Anne-Marie, where people can engage on a more comfortable level, so you come across as more engaging. Mm. And when you show that you're likable, and you can show your likability and your trustworthiness because you're a passionate person, Mm. um, or because they can see the commitment in your eyes. 
You know, those things, we as human beings, by our very nature, we respond to that type of thing in another human being. And, you know, and it, it, it works in business. It works in your personal relationships. It works in groups, everything. That's how we're made. And I think that that's the fun part of all of this mm. is that because we're, we can naturally be ourselves, we can naturally be a human being <laughs> and other people will respect that. They will respond to me. They will ask you questions. They will show interest in your ideas. Yes. And so, you, you hit on the exact, the exact thing is mm. that when these traits are developed and continue to be developed, you will ha- notice that your relationships are going to become deeper, yes. more meaningful, and you can make a better connection to people. Yeah. And, you know, because many of us who are online and we're, we're either coaches or consultants and we are getting our message out there to the world and, and to the clients who we want to serve, sometimes what we can do, and I've, I've done this, you know, many times in, in my career as I was, you know, learning and developing and, and kind of, you know, learning who I was and what I wanted to stand for, I would often look at others who were where I wanted to be and I'd think mm-hmm. there's no way I can be like that or this person she's so dynamic when she's on screen and so forth how can I possibly be as influential as what she is but I love what you've said is that you know influencing is the state of being and and when we when we are being that's really who we are and when we look at each of these seven traits this can very much be developed through who we are. And I think when we do that, it kind of takes the whole pressure off that I have to be influential. It's kind of like, well, look at these traits, mm-hmm. develop those. And when we're authentic, then there's this inner confidence just grows. And, and I think that's mm-hmm. what really attracts people to us. Yes? Right. Yeah. Mm. You know, influencing is the doing piece and influential is the state of being. Oh, there you go. Mix so those I always up. kind yes. of describe it like this. When you're influencing, that means you walk into the room and you have to say or do something to get people to react mm. in a certain way. Whereas if you're influential, all you need to do is walk into the room and that's it. Oh, I love that. It's yes. that powerful. It's really, really very powerful. Mm-hmm. I love that. And so when we're then talking about the K2, and I know there's a lot of different assessments out there that people can take, I'd love for you to share a little bit about the difference between K2 and some of the other assessments that uh, are being offered out there at the moment. Well, that's a good question. We get that question a lot because there are so many things. The selection is huge for all types of different assessments, leadership, team effectiveness, how well do I communicate, and so on. Mm. The majority of them are really come down to personality assessments. We have the Myers-Briggs type indicator. There's the DISC. There's the predictive in index. Um, and there's just so many, so many more to name than what we have time for. But And they are all very valuable. I don't ever want to say that they aren't, but they are, and they all have a certain specific use, some more than others, depending on the niche that you are in or your business. But the K2 is differs from an, a personality assessment. For instance, a personality assessment will tell you what type you are. It will share with you what you prefer. You know, some people tell you if you're, you know, if you're a swan or, or an ostrich or whatever, <laughs> or they'll tell you what kind of color you are, that mm. different type of thing and stuff like that. But really what that is, is it's giving you information and information is always useful. The K2 gives you insight, not only to what you could be and, and 
parts of your personality, but the K2 gives you insight into what affects your personality. So let's say, for instance, you take a personality test and it's designed to to tell the company, for instance, what kind of strengths do you have as a salesperson or, you know, weaknesses, whatever. And you can get this information and it's very valuable information. However, what's next? What do I do to build your strengths or to help erase or meet some of these weaknesses or challenges that you have? That's where you come to the K2 because... Your personality strengths and weaknesses, like safer on the disc or things that you prefer, those can be expressed and, and grown, and they're all very relative to the strengths and the weaknesses of each of these seven traits. Mm-hmm. So again, we go back to, I can take uh, a disc assessment, for instance, and find out what my sales strengths are. Now, if I want to grow them, what do I do? I need to increase my confidence. I need to build on my likability. And I need to be able to express that and show that for real and be genuine with it. Mm-hmm. And that will increase my sales presence. Yes. And so it does differ because the K2 actually gives you a measurement. Personality assessments do not give you a measurement. They give you information and they tell you what you are. But the K2 it's a benchmark. It will show you and tell you right where you are at that particular time. And so let's say you have an 85 on trustworthiness on that scale. You can do work. You can do self-help books. You can work with our workbooks. We have a workbook for each of the seven traits and that corresponds with the assessment itself. You can read books. You can take other people's programs and I suggest that you do what fits for you. It may not be my material. It may be something else where you have a good connection to. But I encourage people, once they take and get a measurement and they have that benchmark of where they are in their potential, that they do something and then 9 to 12 months later come back and retake the K2 and see how your scores have improved. Mm. That's a good measurement to have. But I can tell you, and I'll share with you and your your listeners, that for years, I think I regularly bought and read three times every self-help book on the shelf. (laughs) I wanted to know how I could be a better coach. I wanted to know how I could be a better person. I wanted to know how I could lose weight. I wanted to know how I could, you know, have better conversations. Mm -hmm. I wanted to improve my relationships. I wanted to be able to sell more. I wanted to get more promotions. You name it. I read them all Mm -hmm. and even in business and everything and they were all very good material but the one thing missing was that I really didn't know where I was to begin with and what I was bringing to the table to apply to all the information I got and so that's what the K2 does it gives you the insight of what you really have to bring to the table at this particular moment and then you can move forward mm. and you can use these other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I look at that. I look at the K2 as a very much precursor to some of these other things. It's definitely a value added 
piece of insight and, and material that a person can use and have. Mm-hmm. Yes. What's really interesting, and I'm thinking from a point of view of like, you know, personal branding and, and creating a personal brand, one of the, the key factors, of course, in when you're, you're measuring a personal brand is also externally, you know, people. For instance, you know, we, when we do the K2, trustworthiness may be quite high, which means for us, you know, that or for the individual that scored quite high, trustworthiness is very important but then we can also ask ourselves okay so what am I doing in my day-to-day role or interaction with people that may be inhibiting that or how can I strengthen that so I'm just kind of thinking out loud it's kind of okay so maybe I'm scoring high or maybe even some of those areas lower but it's kind of then saying okay what steps do I need to take that will allow me to to feel more confident in that situation do you find Mm -hmm. that situational circumstances can also determine how we rank on these things for instance if you're thinking about confidence and courage in sales I could imagine many of us would say well that's quite low but if we're speaking in front of a group of our ideal colleagues or our ideal clients and we're very familiar with our topic we're passionate about it can our confidence and then courage levels increase in that situation does that well that's one that nobody has asked me to this point so you're making me think this is really good <laughs> i appreciate that no, that's fine um my answer is is that when you take the Keller Influence Indicator that is not dependent on situation or circumstances, mm-hmm. and I say that because I know what the items are, the questions that are on this assessment. Mm-hmm. It doesn't ask or require that you think of this in terms of uh, your personal life or your professional life or if you're in this circumstance or that circumstance. The items are very much directed toward you, and that's you, you know. Mm-hmm. And you are you, your confidence is the same whether you are talking to a loved one or you're talking to your boss. And the reason I say that is because there's other outside things that affect your confidence in those circumstances. And it doesn't measure those. It measures the confidence itself. Now, the next steps, like you were saying earlier, what's the next steps? The next step is to look at what is influencing or affecting my confidence. Mm. Gosh, when I'm with a loved one, I feel secure. I feel nurtured. It's a safe place. When I'm with my boss, I'm worried about making an impression. I want to sound good. I want my ideas to be heard. And, you know, I don't want to upset him or her, whatever the case is. Yes. But your confidence is still the same, but you take a look at what's affecting my confidence then. And those are the things that you... You take control over that will grow your confidence. So when it comes back to your original question about will your scores reflect how you think about yourself in different situations, not necessarily, you know, mm-hmm. not at all actually, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't. And the test is designed and, and constructed so that it won't. Yes. You know, yes. but that's a good question. Mm. And I love the way that you said that, you know, if we are looking at a certain situation in comparison to being at home with a loved one and then our boss, it really then underpins what are we telling ourselves you know what is the belief maybe it's an unhelpful belief that is causing us to get a little bit nervous and apprehensive and therefore not as confident or courageous in standing up for something that we believe in and that's currently going against our our values and that sort of thing and then by taking a step back and then you know inwardly thinking you know what am I telling myself what am I what's the belief that I'm Mm -hmm. driving here we can change that then can't we and say ah 
oh, well, if I think this mm-hmm. or if, if I go with this belief, that then allows me to step up more confidently and have that conversation or have that interaction and therefore not kind of turn ourselves off and say, well, I'm not good at sales or I can't talk to my boss. We own that, don't we? And then we really can step back and then and change that. And of course, the, the outcome. Hmm. Well, one thing I would give one very simple but very effective exercise is very much what we've been talking about. And it's a very simple exercise that I would recommend your listeners try. Mm -hmm. For the next week, I would have them go ahead and write down how they felt after certain conversations. So let's say they have conversations with A, B, and C. You know, person one, person two, person three, that's easier. And then let's say after the conversation with person one, write down how it felt with your confidence. What was your confidence like? Just answer, what was my confidence like with this person? And you do that for each of the three people you talk to. And I guarantee you're going to have different answers. But the question isn't, do I have confidence or my confidence? You know, see, the K2 gives you a level of where your confidence is. And that is present on all three conversations. But what you need to then ask yourself is, what was impacting my confidence in this conversation? And see, when you find those answers out and take action on that, that's when your confidence will grow. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes you'll find it comes down to a negative self-talk or a negative message Mm. that I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not masculine enough, or I'm not loud enough. Whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. it's usually connected to I'm not enough of something. Yes. You know, and so, you know, I mean, but that's a great exercise to do is to just say, what's affecting my confidence when I'm talking to this person? And you will find that the majority of the time, whatever it is that's affecting your confidence, you have control over. Mm hmm. But we don't realize that because we really don't, you know, we're so busy living and we're so busy working and (laughs) we're so busy paying attention to all these other things that we really don't stop and reflect on, huh, what is affecting my confidence? Oh, I can control that. Yes. Well, here's what I need to do to take take charge of that. And then your confidence grows, you know. Yeah. So that would be a really good exercise to do. Because you can get some pretty great insight from that. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And I think that's such a great reminder because how often do we go down the rabbit hole where we chase that old belief or that unhelpful you know, mindset, that thought, and uh, we chase it down the rabbit hole. And before we know it, we just wound ourselves up. So it's good mm-hmm. to take a step back and then reflect on those very important questions that uh, you just shared with us. So, Karen, how can people find out more about the K2, about you, and get in contact? with you if they'd like to take the assessment? Well, it is available on my website and it is www.karen, K-A-R-E-N, dash Keller, K-E-L-L-E-R.com. So it's Karen hyphen, the little hyphen mark, Keller.com. Wonderful. And Karen, there's something that I've asked uh, uh, the last couple of people that we've had on the show, because you're a business owner and you've been running your business for quite some time. Looking back, would there be something that you would do differently knowing now what you now know now in your business? Oh, there's a long list. <laughs> what would be the top See, I'm one? Close my eyes and just put my finger on the board yeah. and go, okay, I'll tell her about this one. Okay. I think I would have listened to my intuition. 
a lot more. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm a big proponent of that because there, at one point in my career, there was this, should I do what everybody else thinks or should I do what they expect me to do or should I do what I really want to do, whether it's a passion or whether it's something I think is the right thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. And so my, my simple advice is to always listen to your intuition. Your gut does not lie to you. Wow, I love that. So listen to your intuition. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been so good to catch up and learn more about K2 and uh, how we can be more influential and more influencing with others around us and in our environment. Well, I have enjoyed our conversation. This is really good. And thank you for having me as your guest. I appreciate it very much. My pleasure. Well, there you go. Interesting information. I could uh, speak about this all day, but please go and check out Karen's website. That web address again, www.karen, K-A-R-E-N, dash, Kala, K-E-L-L-E-R.com. And of course, you can click through on the show notes. The show notes are found at www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES132. So what actually are you going to take now that you know more? More about the seven traits of um, being influential. Which ones do you kind of think, hmm, all right, I may not be as strong in that particular trait? And of course, go and take the assessment because that's really going to identify each of the different scores of those seven traits. But what action step are you going to take so that you can be more influential in your life? and in your business. Now, if you enjoyed today's show and you're not yet subscribed, I really encourage you to do that and give that web address and then we'll finish the show. It's www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES iTunes. Bye for now, everyone. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.